You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. share two or three things with you. Some great things are happening in the, on the mission field. I was reading about the brother and sister Sully in Senegal. 39 people recently baptized in Jesus' name, 17 filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful? One soul is worth more than the whole world. Amen. Spain, Brother Herod. Now, this would be a total for the year 2022, likely. 1,083 filled with the Holy Ghost, 1,084 baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. They now have over 10,000 constituents and 96 churches in the country of Spain. Every dollar that we give to missions, souls are being one to God. Isn't that wonderful? Bangladesh, this, this just shook me up when I read this, 22, the year 22, 17,500 filled with the Holy Ghost, 6,900 healed, and many, many thousands were baptized in the name of Jesus. Bengali, uh, 2022, 6,500 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that country. The Solomon Islands, 190 filled with the Holy Ghost, over 100 baptized in the name of the Lord. Can we lift our hands right now? Let's just thank the Lord for all of these wonderful things that are happening on the mission field. We rejoice with our missionaries. We pray for our missionaries. Do we pray for our missionaries? We pray for our missionaries. Right now, lift your hands and let's just pray for our missionaries. God, we thank you, Lord, for the great work that is being done on the mission field tonight. Men and women that have given their, their all, their families and all, have gone into foreign countries to preach this beautiful message and this gospel in the name of Jesus Christ to these precious people. Thank you, Lord, for filling them with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for, for leading them into truth, we pray. Minister, we pray. Supply needs that they have, oh God. There's so many needs on the field right now. Sickness and poverty and all of the things they're struggling with. But God, you're a great God and you're a provider. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and let's thank the Lord as we watch a video here. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Join with us now in the worship and revival in Nicaragua. Jubilee services are a time of rejoicing in Nicaragua. Our God is great and mighty. There is revival in Nicaragua, and the excitement is spreading from church to church. AYC, Apostolic Youth Corps. They came to Nicaragua twice, and not only have their lives been changed forever, they have also been used to the Lord to make a mighty impact on Nicaragua. In 10 days, AYC 15 saw 66 people filled with the Holy Ghost. In a recent youth impact, Brother Chuck Barkas ministered to hundreds of young people in the Managua area. Sister Barkas ministered to ladies in a special rally. In these services, a great number of people were filled with the Holy Ghost as they worshiped the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Words fail to describe the charged atmosphere in the very first National Ladies' Conference in Nicaragua. 
A large earthquake earlier in the week threatened the entire event, but despite so many obstacles, over 4,600 ladies showed up for this ladies-only conference. The women of Nicaragua found their voice as they answered the call to war for their husbands and their families. There was such a mighty outpouring of the power of God as they realized the power and anointing that God has placed on their lives. The ladies of Nicaragua are unstoppable. As a result of that hunger, the revival was unleashed and 477 ladies were filled with the Holy Ghost. 52 ladies were baptized in Jesus' name during this conference. An intense spirit of travail was unleashed during the ministry of Brother Mike Dobbs. Nicaraguan leaders and their wives were incredibly impacted during his anointed teaching for leadership. Spiritual intercession and healing followed the teaching. And as our leadership fell on their knees before God, the fervent unleashing of Holy Ghost power began to release revival power for Nicaragua. In a marvelous time of worship, our pastors danced before the Lord with a mighty freedom that set the stage for the incredible outpouring of the Holy Ghost that is happening in Nicaragua. AYC 17 came to Nicaragua ready to serve, and the Lord used them in a wonderful way as they evangelized house to house, sang in church services, and worked earnestly in the altar services. As a Project 2239 activity, AYC 17 painted the entire church in Nandaime, inside and out, followed by a visit to the ocean, where we added a little fun after all the work and wrapped up the day with a bonfire devotion. AYC Nicaragua Friendship Day attracted nearly 300 young people who played ball then stayed for a powerful time of worship in a joint youth rally. The power of God fell on these young people in an intense time of worship and reaching out to the Lord. Not only did AYC minister to the youth of Nicaragua, but the Nicaraguan young people ministered back to their brothers and sisters from the United States. Over 10 days, in seven services, AYC 17 saw a total of 92 Nicaraguans filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. These young AYCers returned to the United States with a passion for missions and a burden to bring the fire back to their own churches and cities. Nicaragua is on fire for God, and a significant part of this revival is being birthed among the young people. How exciting it is to see young people earnestly seeking the Lord and full of joy in the Holy Ghost. With the combined efforts and support of Pastors Jerry Dean, Jeff Ralston, and Nathan Thornton, and the United Pentecostal Church of Nicaragua, the vision for the very first Nicaraguan crusade on our own property became a reality. Each night, God ministered through Brother Mark Ross with a supernatural anointing, and the power of the Lord touched thousands of Nicaraguans who came hungry for a move of God. For the first time, over 9,000 Nicaraguans filled the property where the William H. Dean Memorial Bible School is located. The sound of Pentecostal worship reverberated a mile in every direction as the multitudes of people vigorously worshipped the Lord and prayed with all their might. Supernatural healings took place. People came out of their wheelchairs. Walking canes were discarded as miracle after miracle happened. In such an atmosphere vibrant with faith, people simply believed, and suddenly the impossible became reality as our Lord poured out His Spirit, saving their souls and healing their bodies. It was too beautiful for words. It was like the day of Pentecost all over again. Like an explosion of power, there was a fervency among the people born of hunger. 
a yearning to receive something from God that would change their lives. As the Holy Ghost moved over the multitudes each night, literally thousands of people were filled with the Spirit as signs and wonders took place. It is the same Spirit that has filled you and is pouring out in your church today. The Spirit of God knows no cultural difference, and the gift of tongues is not found by language barriers. ago, missionaries first brought this truth to Nicaragua. And now, now Nicaragua is coming full circle. Managua's Barrio Israel Church held their first ever missions conference in Nicaragua. We wept as Nicaraguans cried out to the Lord for the nations of the world and for North American and regional missionaries. As little as they have, Nicaragua is taking up the burden and responsibility for their part in end time revival. The people of God really only have two options, go ourselves or send someone in our place. Your partnership will send us back to Nicaragua. to get used to that. Just checking. I said we got to get used to that. That's, that's not an unnormal thing. And I want to remind us that we're going to experience that exact same thing here at Mission Point. I'm ready for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, man. I, I feel like that video was something that I came up with for tonight. Because that's exactly what I'm going to be speaking on. And I already feel a confirmation in my spirit that someone's going to leave with the Holy Ghost. And if it's been a long time since you felt the Spirit of God, I promise you that you're going to feel it before you leave this service tonight. God is about to outpour the Holy Ghost in this room. He's about to do something new. He's about to change the current. I've already, I've already warned some people tonight that if it gets quiet, I'm going to preach anyhow. Because the Lord is good. The Lord is great. The Lord is all-powerful. There's nothing that He cannot do. Hallelujah. If it's okay, I'm just going to preach tonight. Of course, I want to give honor. To our associate pastor, our senior pastor, I think that we are blessed with the best. And I want to extend my gratitude and just for showing us what it's like for a young guy to get behind a pulpit and for giving us an opportunity. Of course, we should never take it lightly to preach the word of God. And so I thank you to our pastoral team for giving us a chance and to just flow in the Holy Ghost. It's so great to work alongside Brother Robertson and, of course, our bishop. I call him the bishop. And I'm going to be good tonight because he's going to straighten me out when he gets home. In Exodus 17, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling place to place as the Lord would command. And in this specific time, they would come to a place called Rephidim where there was no water for the people to drink. And we see the people, they would lash at Moses, demanding just for a drink. Moses, give us a drink of water. And of course, if you read about it, they would start to make comments at Moses and 
they said at a particular time, they said, did you just bring us to Egypt to make us and our children die of thirst? And Moses, he begins to question God. And I can only put it this way tonight. I can only picture Moses looking at God and saying, hey, God, this is a, a good time for you to show up. God, are, are you here? Do you see what these people are saying to me? Do you think these people will do something to me? This would be a good time for you to show up. And we see that the Lord responds to Moses in Exodus chapter 17, verse 5 to 7. He told Moses, he said, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? That's a question I think that most of us from time to time, we all have that question. Lord, are you still there? Lord, do you still hear me? God, do you see me in my distress? In fact, it was David who he would call upon God many times in his distress. But I want to remind somebody tonight that God sees you, that God knows where you're at, and God is about to show up on your behalf. Tonight, I want to talk to you for a few moments on fresh, flowing water. Oh, man, I feel a fresh, flowing water about to happen right now. A fresh flowing water. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful, God, for your power. And God, we are so thankful for your authority. And God, I'm asking, Lord, for you to demonstrate your word. I pray, God, that you would confirm it with signs following. God, let there be a release of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a release of your spirit where somebody could receive that gift, where somebody could create an avenue in their life. Lord, for you to make a difference. Lord, for you to make the change. God, I'm calling out to you. Lord, believing for somebody to be healed in their mind, in their spirit, and in their soul. God, we're not calling out on just a small God, just a God that we've heard of long ago. God, we're calling upon the name of Jesus Christ because I believe without a doubt that you are going to hear us. In Jesus' name. Oh, somebody said in Jesus' name. And now would you clap and would you lift your voice unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Is there power in that name tonight? Is there power in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. For those who don't know, I grew up in a little place called Priceville. And if you don't know where Priceville is, uh, because most people don't, uh, that would be just between Boys Town, and then there's Priceville, and then there's Doketown. So that's just kind of smack in the middle of there. And if you don't know any of those places, well, the best I can do is tell you that it's 45 minutes from Fredericton. We all know where Fredericton is. And I remember a particular time is that you never had to buy water in Priceville. There used to be, and I'm sure it's still there, a little... A little spring just off the road going down the bumpy narrow road of Priceville and of course you would always see cars parked on the side people grabbing their containers and, and it was just so it was so crazy to watch just people going and getting a little bit of water but I, I, I'm told that there's nothing like a good old fresh spring there's nothing that's more refreshing there's nothing that's more clear than just a a fresh drink from the spring. People say that there's nothing like it. It's refreshing. It's always good. It's always very clear. You would always, I just, it's so incredible to me, people pulling over from everywhere. And I mean, this community may have had, I don't even want to say 100 people, but it seemed like all 100 people were down getting something at the spring. And of course, I always thought, just being a young boy, that Maybe the reason why we drank from just a little spring was because we didn't have money. Uh, but I did find out that it was just the best water supply that you could get. And so that's what they would do. They would go to the Priceville Spring and they would start filling up their, 
uh, their jars. And I remember us as cousins, and my brother, of course, we would always uh, play a little game where we would get in a line, and we would all take turns going to this little spring. I still remember that. And from just a small community, we see that Moses is leading the Israelites through a, a place like Priceville. But in this case, the water source is gone. The people are now thirsty. The people are now nagging Moses. I want to remind us very early in this message that the Israelites' sin was not their desire for fresh water. It had nothing to do with that. Rather, it was their attitude that they had toward God that was causing them to sin. Although God had already showed and He demonstrated that He could provide water, He showed us two chapters back in chapter 15 when Moses and the Israelites were in the desert of Shur, and for three days they traveled in the desert without finding any water. And Moses, he did what only he knew how to, how to do it. He called upon God. And the Lord showed Moses this piece of wood. And that piece of wood, he would pick it up, he would cast it into the water, and that water would become water that they could now drink. You would see that, and in Exodus 15, 26, this is what the Lord said to Moses. And if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in His eyes, and give ear to His commandments, and keep all of His statues, I will put none of these diseases on you. See, Moses had to become obedient. Moses had to learn to listen. And sometimes we get ourselves in, in trouble and we get ourselves in circumstances and God's just saying, hey, just listen to what I'm telling you. I'm getting fixed to do your miracle. I'm getting fixed to heal your sickness. But if you would just listen to me and realize where the power belongs, where the authority belongs, then... I will reward you in your obedience, and then I will do the miraculous. And we see that he said that he will not put these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. And here is a, a tremendous thing that you ought to remind yourself tonight. For I am the Lord, your healer. Man, if I don't say anything good tonight, I'll just tell you that. He is your Lord. Not only just your Lord, but He is your healer. Hallelujah. And we see in verse 27 that they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs, and there were 70 palm trees, and that's where they camped. They camped near the water. And God already showed that He could provide the water. He already showed us that He could provide meat to eat in Exodus 16 when the evening quail came and covered the camp. We see that God already provided the people to eat when manna fell from heaven in verse 15 of chapter 16. You see, the issue, hear me somebody today, was not their desire for provision. It was their attitude toward God. The people were so quick to resist Moses' leadership. They were so quick to doubt God's care. But what if they just accepted who God was? And what if they just accepted what God can do? And what if they just connected themselves with the source instead of discon disconnecting themselves from the source? If we can somehow today get linked up with one another, and if we could somehow unify together, there is no doubt in my mind that God will do wonders among us. I believe that with everything that is within me. If you ever want to see fresh flowing water of provision, we need to connect ourselves with each other, and we need to connect ourselves with the source. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is our help in time of trouble. The Lord is our sustainer. He is our strength. And He is the one who supplied the water from the rock. Moses was just the vessel. Moses was the willing and the available vessel to be used by God for the water to flow. If you could link yourself with the source, you will see water 
from the rock. You will see your healing. You will see your provision. And you will see your blessing. But somebody tonight ought to trust the source. Somebody ought to trust the source. I wonder if we could lift up our hands right now. Oh. Somebody tap into the spirit right now. I just feel that there's a current of the Spirit that's just entering into this house right now. And I don't want to go any further. If, if somebody could just enter in right now. I'm not satisfied with just another service. I want fresh, flowing water to come from the source. Hallelujah, Jesus. You feel that? Oh, Jesus. Ezekiel, he's shown a vision of the temple. And out of that temple, there's a, a river flowing from it. I want to read that to you. Ezekiel 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below. And the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple. South of the altar. That's something we need right there. We need some fresh flowing water in our altars. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the sea. And behold, watch this now, the water was trickling out on the south side, going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand. The man measured a thousand cubits and it led me through the water and it was just ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it is now knee deep. And again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Man, I think I'm going to keep reading. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that it could not pass through. For the water had risen, and it was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on the one side and another. And we see within this vision that God was revealing blessing to Ezekiel. The salty water became fresh. There would be large numbers of fish. In fact, the Bible says there was all different types of fish. And there were fruit trees of all kinds. They would grow on both sides of the river bank and the leaves would not wither. Every month the trees would bear fruit. And the Bible says, because the water flew from the sanctuary. The water was passing through the sanctuary, which tells us the fruit will serve food and their leaves will represent the healing. And that also tells me that there is a fresh flow of water available for the people of God that there is a fresh flow available here at Mission Point. Some of you have lost your vision. Some of you have lost your hopes and your dreams. But the Lord, He's wanting to restore it, and He's wanting to make you prosperous again. The water flowing from the temple, it symbolized the blessing of God. One view is that eternal blessing that John talked about in Revelation 22. But another view that we can see is that these waters represent both physically, uh, physical prosperity and spiritual blessing that God will release to His people. We can also see a spiritual interpretation to the living water that flows within the believer, which we will look at here in a few moments in John 7:38. What we need to realize tonight is that the Lord is gracious, that the Lord is merciful, and He is able to pour out a blessing. But not just that. He's able to make it overflow. He's making it to cause streams of the streams in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I want to tell somebody tonight, if you're in a dry time, if you're at a low tide, watch out. Because there is about to be a release of fresh flowing water. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The description of this river 
It defies all natural explanations. The river began as just a shallow little, little water and an ankle-deep stream. But before it reached the Dead Sea, it was a deep river. Without any logical explanation, it didn't seem possible for this river to flow. It didn't seem possible for this river to even grow in just a short distance. Unless, of course, this river stream was miraculous. If you can't explain it, if you don't know how it happened, if you don't know how it got there or how it didn't get there, there's a good chance, ladies and gentlemen, that's a miracle. If only one person can perform that type of situation, I want to tell us that that's only Jesus himself. Jesus Christ can make a miracle happen for you. Jesus is well able to heal. His power has never been diminished. If you would just hold on and claim the power of God, He will do it. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He can still bring water in the wilderness. By Ezekiel going and walking through this water, he showed us the greatness of our God's coming's blessing. When the people will be turned to the land and the Messiah would be with them. You see, God just, just doesn't bless you and then he leaves you. But the Bible tells us that he will never leave us, nor he will never forsake us. And then he goes on and he says, I will never leave you comfortless. The river of life flowing from the temple, it brought physical healing to the water. I mentioned the Dead Sea. Did you know that the Dead Sea was one of the saltiest bodies of water in the world? There was a picture of life that could be received from the temple. The writer, he was showing us that you can still receive a fresh flow of water within the temple. In the temple, you can find shelter. Man, we sang about it. In the temple, you can find peace. In the temple, you can find rest. You can receive strength. You can receive healing. You can receive deliverance. You can receive renewal in His presence. There is a river wanting to burst out of this building today that even in a dry place, even at a low tide, even in the unlikeliest places, God can miraculously provide fresh, flowing blessing out of it. Jesus' name. It's not an uncommon occurrence to read the Gospels and you would see how Jesus was accused, mocked, questioned, made fun of. But Jesus was very quick to challenge the religious leaders on their authority. He disregarded their teachings on the Sabbath in Mark 3 and upset their ways of doing things in the temple. You can say that even the religious leaders had a bit of an attitude problem. The fact that he would say that he was equal with God infuriated them. And the Jewish leaders, they were, they were so proud of their spiritual status and they would elevate in position among the people. And I just want to tell you that's a, that's a dangerous game to play. But Jesus was simply just a direct threat. He was such a direct threat to them. And the context that I'm sharing with you now is coming from John 7. There had seemed to be a, a lot of dispute, a lot of division going on of who Jesus was. The religious leaders would become confused and lost for words when Jesus would talk about his Father in heaven or that he was here on his own authority. Even when he made a comment and he said, I am only with you for a short time and then I'm going to the one who sent me in John 7.33. They take it a bit literal and question, where is he attending to go? Is he trying to flee from us so that we can't find him? It seems to me for people who were so-called religious, they lacked a whole lot of understanding. They could arrest somebody or anyone who broke out in any of the ceremonial laws. And because there, there was hundreds of them, it would almost be impossible to not break any of them. But I find it interesting. They couldn't actually find a good reason or they couldn't actually find a suitable occasion to arrest Jesus. According to John, this was because his hour had not come. And I want to read you now from John 7, starting at 37. On the day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, 
as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he had said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Of course, here this is where the division starts among the people in verse 40. When they heard these words, the religious leaders, some of the people said, is this guy really the prophet? Others said that this is the Christ, but some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? Verse 43, so there was a division among the people over him. And now I want to bring it Isaiah, because if you study the scripture and look back in Isaiah, this was prophesied long ago by the prophet Isaiah. And that's, that's what I want to tell somebody tonight. If you would speak before your situation ever occurs, I don't think you understand how powerful your voice really is when it connects with God's power. Because this is what the prophet Isaiah said in, verse tw in chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and he is my song and has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And the prophet Isaiah went on in 44, verse 3 to 4. He said this, For I will pour water on the thirsty land. See, the, the area had already become dry. It had already been a place where you weren't able to receive blessing. But a prophet spoke up, and he said, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall, man, that's a powerful word. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. And last verse in Isaiah 48 and 11. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in what? Scorched places. And make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Because God's word stands forever, he was able to call on an ancient promise of scripture by the prophet Isaiah and make it immediately available to all of the followers. The promise of God's provision in 2023 is even so much stronger now than it has ever been before. Things that were spoken thousands of years ago promises that were declared thousands of years ago it still stands today with joy you shall draw water from the wells of my salvation for the lord will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on dry on the dry ground the lord will guide you continually and satisfy in scorched places and make your bones strong there is a spring of living water available that will bring you blessing the easiest and the hardest part that you ought to do is now you got to receive it you got to look past unbelief man I come against that spirit of unbelief that would rob somebody of their blessing tonight it would not be the will of God to you for you to fight sickness tonight it would not be the will of God to you feel that you feel like you're in distress it would not be the will of God that you feel beat up on yourself. God came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, there's strength and there's power in God. There's faith in God to move mighty mountains. In Jesus' name, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Three points I want to give you. Number one. In Exodus 17, it reveals to us the refreshing, nourishing water that poured from the rock. It symbolized the gift of God's salvation. The rock was likened to Christ, and the water that flowed from it was identical to the blood flowing from his very wounds, which shows us that God's blood, it can cover any past mistake, it can cover any past hurt, and it can definitely wash away all different types of sin. Salvation is available to anyone, 
Brother Hanscom already declared it. Anyone who would believe and accept the grace of God into their lives, anyone, no matter circumstance, no matter race, no matter situation, can receive this beautiful gift. Number two, in Ezekiel, water flowing from the temple represented the Spirit of God moving by the Word of God into the nations. In other words, the Lord Himself is inviting His people to get in the flow. Someone look at your neighbor and say, get in the flow. He's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for people who have it all together. He's looking for somebody that has a heart and a desire to get to know him. He's looking for somebody that would just link up with him and have a greater relationship with him. He's wanting to help you. He's wanting to deliver you. He's wanting to save you and grab you and take that attention away from your mind in this very moment. The Lord is wanting to make a way for you to have proper communion and fellowship where you can feel His absolute presence. The Spirit of God is another beautiful gift that you can receive. And lastly, number three in John 7, rivers of flowing water within as used by Jesus. This internal spring or stream is the indicative and symbolism of the Holy Spirit which comes to, uh, uh, to live inside all who come to faith in Christ. Around the holidays, I love getting together with family. I love opening all different types of gifts. I love doing all that. But nothing can compare to the gifts of God. We love to receive birthday presents, and we love to receive gifts on special occasions. But hear me, somebody, tonight. Nothing can even come as close than receiving the perfect gift of salvation. We didn't earn it, and we sure don't deserve it, but yet He has allowed us to have this precious gift. But the gift of God is eternal life. That gift that came as a baby that was wrapped in a manger, reigned to be the Messiah to save people from their sins, went to a cross to be persecuted, beaten, and killed, got buried in a tomb, but on the third day, he arose from the, from the grave, taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he had complete victory and dominion. And I'm just going to add that he still does. He can still forgive our sins. He can still wash away our sins in the watery graves of baptism. He can still fill us with his spirit. And he can still seal us for eternity. That's the hope that you, child of God, can have even now. God wants fresh flowing water to be streaming out of our lives, to live as a testimony and help bring the experience to somebody else. That's the power of salvation. When you live for God, you receive that fresh flow, and there's nothing like it. There's no void. There's no substitute for God's water supply. And the best part about it, it never runs out. Our faith sometimes can be tested, maybe run out at times. Our hope can be tested, and I'm sure runs out at times. But God's grace, God's mercy, God's love for you and I, we heard it from Pastor this morning, that will never end. That will never end. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow, do to change. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 to 11. I want to read this from the message. But God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws out caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. The most generous God, do you know him tonight? Who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you cannot give away, which grows into full-form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. He is the source. There is fresh flowing water 
that's going to be released in this house tonight. And it's here. I feel it. It's ready. It's available. He's inviting somebody tonight to get into the flow. The current here, you can feel it. It's getting stronger. The water is getting deeper. There's an outpouring of God's Spirit flowing week after week within this church. There's a call going out in this very generation to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. To get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have the music come back. We can stand. I wonder if one more time if we could lift up our hands. Jesus. That's okay. Sometimes it feels uncomfortable when it's quiet. But if you just let your voice out right now, I believe the Lord's going to hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Aha, sotoraba. Jesus. When Peter preached the message in the book of Acts 2, his preaching was so successful that 3,000 people were converted on that first day of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Peter told the Jews on, the, on Pentecost that that promise of the Holy Spirit was for them and for their children and also their children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Do you know what Peter was doing? He was inviting people to get in the flow. I want to be so consumed with the Holy Ghost that I want it to rub onto somebody else. I want it to cause something to break out in the Spirit. Do you know what we need here at Mission Point and across our district today? We need a good old-fashioned breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I don't want it to be ankle-deep I don't want it to be so deep. Come on, somebody. I want it to be so deep in the Holy Ghost here that we can just swim in it. That it will cause an outpouring like the book of Acts. We are still living in those days. And it shall come to pass, says God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And I love this verse, Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody ought to just give God praise. Somebody ought to just invite yourself to get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Step into the flow. Step into the realm of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. You may be wondering why I have this old staff up here. As you're coming to get in the flow, there's nothing significant about this rod. Am I right, Pastor? You can read about this old thing in the book of Exodus. You can hear that Moses would lift up that rod and you would see as the Nile River would go up like a wall. You read your Bible, it says that. It would go up like a wall on each side. And those people would begin to march, just like there was no water there. In fact, it said that their feet were connecting with dry ground. And as those people began to watch and walk, you see, it wasn't this thing. We ought to be careful when we read that story. It had nothing to do with this. This is a symbolism of power. This is a symbolism that God was using this whole thing for a demonstration. In fact, it was also in that same book that this old thing, Moses would set it down. And it would become a snake. And he would pick it back up. And it would become a rod again. And the people were standing around and they were gazing at it. You see, they thought it was this thing. I want to tell somebody tonight, you have something more powerful than a a dirty old rod. You have something more powerful than just a staff that Moses carried around. In fact, you have your voice. And if you would just speak things as though they already were, the 
then God is going to heal you. Then God is going to touch you. God is going to perform a miracle in your life. God is going to outpour His Spirit. And you'll notice that when you speak and that when God releases your miracle to you, that is the demonstration of His Word. You see, you can begin to proclaim things over your own life. And it has no hold on what the enemy would try to do. It would have no hold on what people may try and say. The only thing that can rob you, and I said it very early in my message, that can rob you of a miracle is the spirit of unbelief. But if you would link up with the people of God, if we would get united in one accord, in one place, as that is our mission as a church, there is no telling the fresh flowing water that God wants to release here at Mission Point in Brunswick. I wonder if one more time we can lift up our hands and we can lift up our voices. If you need a miracle, this would be a good time to get in the flow. If you need a deliverance, this would be a good time to get in the flow. If you need the Holy Ghost, my goodness, this would be a perfect time to get in the flow. Come on, I'm tired of hearing stories of days of old where they would have breakthroughs of the Holy Ghost and they would have prayer meetings that would shake their world. I'm ready for that same thing here in 2023. Come, demonstrate your power one last time. Oh, come. Woo, Jesus, we're getting ready to sing. And I'm telling you right now, you ought to be ready to step in the flow. The current is rising. It's no longer ankle deep. It's no longer waist deep. God is allowing us to swim in the rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In the name of somebody step into the water. Somebody step into the flow. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.